0: Thank you
1: and welcome to another episode of the Well Played Podcast. Uh, I'm your host, Warren Curtis, and today we are talking about where Factions is. Microsoft is now fighting the British, and Nintendo wants you to stop cheating in Zelda. I am Warren Curtis, and today I'm joined by...
0: Hi, I'm Amanda.
1: Before we get into it, let's talk about what it is that we do on the show. We're going to bring you the news and rumors of the week from around the gaming industry. And we're going to bring them all, put them here... Provide some commentary and context to why these things actually matter and what they mean. And then you're going to get some opinions and thoughts on all these different subjects for both of us, as well as some discussions about the games that we have been playing and maybe the games that are coming out, and uh, maybe some review kind of things. We'll also wrap it up with the discussions about what we have been playing. Sometimes we play quite a bit together, uh, so we'll be talking about that kind of thing. Um, further, you can find us all on YouTube, where all of our content will be archived under Amaron. Amaran Studios. You can also find us on Twitter at Amaran Studios. That is A M A R R E N Studios. Um, you can subscribe to the audio version of the show wherever you get your pods. We are on Apple Pods. We are on Amazon. We are on Spotify. We are on iHeart Radio. If it's a pod service, you can find us on there. Just search the Well Played Podcast. Um, be sure to follow, like, subscribe, comment. You can find us on Facebook as well. Um, with that said. Let's start off with the news. Okay. Uh, The PlayStation Showcase happened. We did a little pre-show before the showcase to discuss about what um, that was about and what that really meant, uh, what we kind of predicted, what was going to happen. Um, So there were some things we were on about, some things we were off, and there's some things that we obviously figured out some more explanations on, which was interesting. Um, To start that off, uh, Haven opened up the show with a CG trailer for their new IP, Fair Games, dollar sign which is a heist cooperative life service game kind of gave me payday vibes, but it's very live servicey. Um, any thoughts on that?
0: Um, I just thought it had a very techno character.
1: Yeah. Kind of, kind of like a, a hero driven thing yeah. where you're, yeah, I, I get that. Um, yeah, it, it definitely had those vibes. Of, I felt like gadgets were maybe kind of important with it. Yeah. There was a gadget aspect for sure. And it looks like it's squad based. I don't know if you sign up for a team or you know you're just match made. I don't know exactly what that's going to look like. Um,
0: Do you believe it would be a live one that you have to be in on the beginning, or be something you could jump into down the road as well?
1: That's all in how they got to implement it. And I think in the in the perfect world, a live service game is something where you don't feel like you've missed out on if you missed the boat because right. live service games um, are, are very busy games. Right, so I think in Fortnite, I could jump into Fortnite now and not feel like I've really missed anything of importance because the, the plot, you know, it matters ish, but it's not really why you're playing the game. Yeah. Um, Destiny Two, on the other hand, is a game that I feel I've missed the boat on because I didn't start playing it when it yes. came out, and we're umpteen expansions into it now, and I don't even I don't know where to begin with it, and I think the plot is important to it.
0: So we'll have to wait and see with this
1: one. Yeah, we'll have to wait and see about this one. I think this more so just has that heist focus. Maybe there's a loose plot to it. We'll see. But it, I think there's some promise to it. It is part of Jim Ryan's 10 live service game promise. So we'll see what that, uh how that turns out for them. Um, following up after that, Bungie showed off Marathon is coming back. So Marathon being their big IP before Halo. Yeah. Um, it was locked on to the, I believe it was on the Apple II exclusively at the time. So... You know, us PC players and us uh, console players really haven't had a chance to to get familiar with that. And now, because of where it is, it's, it's not something you can really find archives of easily, I would think. Um, and they're bringing it back uh, in a way that kind of looks very interesting. It definitely looks like it's a live service PVP kind of game, extraction-based shooter, which is a, a big thing right now. And uh, Bungie's, I think, the studio to pull something like that off. What do you think?
0: I think that uh, I'm mostly no Bungie for Halo, playing through Halo. So I think from Halo itself that uh, Bungie would be a good studio to do something along these lines.
1: Yeah, they they definitely have the pedigree, and I think the experience behind it. Having Sony's wallet behind them probably helps quite a bit.
0: Yeah, do you think it's still going to be heavily time based?
1: I, I think I think it's yeah, in an extraction game. You have to get out kind of most of the time in a certain period of time. Yeah right so you know that and that's what dictates what a match is so if you fail to get out in a certain period of time the other team wins yeah um so i think i think there's going to be a time limit thing to it the trailer was i think super cool yes. super interesting colorful yeah, yeah.
0: Lots of, uh, futuristic yeah
1: yeah good music to it and yeah. then then at the end it pulled out and we saw like the planet and and kind of yeah. everything going on there and i i know they've thrown easter eggs in the first three halo games i know they don't have anything to do with halo anymore but i do like how they're still kind of staying true to that original image that original concept which is very neat um and then they also threw the trailer in for destiny 2 uh the final shape um the only thing that that really meant to me as someone who doesn't play uh destiny 2 is it means that nathan fillion's back as kate six um, and I know Which
0: a lot of people seem to be very happy for. Yeah, everybody so. seems <laughs> to be happy
1: about uh, about Nathan Fillion being back. Um, he's one of those characters that you pick up his Love voice him. and mm-hmm. yeah, and you pick up on him right away. Um, and he's got a great relationship with Bungie having been playing as Marines in various uh, Halo games yep. and then he was one of the main characters in Halo 3 ODST, yep, ODST. along with a lot of the Firefight <laughs> cast. So I think that's how this all transpired. Um, and I, I'm excited for the people that are excited for this. Yep. Say i say I desperately want to get into Destiny 2 but I don't think it's something I'm going to be able to do just because of the amount of time and the amount of things that I've missed. Um, any other thoughts on Destiny 2? I don't know.
0: I Yeah, unfortunately I'm not very familiar with Destiny in the same aspect as you and it seems like a very big game to jump into now with everything else that you want to fit in or try. So I may be wrong there and could be corrected if it's Something that you could still maybe get in now and catch up, but as of right now I don't know much about it.
1: <laughs> yeah, yeah. I that's exactly the problem with me right there. And it, it's an older game. It was what, twenty seventeen, I think it came out. So you know, it's it's six years old now, at least. So missing that kind of boat is, is quite a big thing and it's it's been a, a generation already, right? It came out on the PS four. Yeah. Yeah. Right. So now we're we're here on the PS five generation and it's missed I think that, uh, it's missed <laughs> us and a lot of audience. You know, at that time we were having kids and things were getting yeah. busy. Yeah. And uh, and now we're at a point where things are settling down. Hey, we could maybe try to get into a game like that, but it's, yeah. it's too Is much. Is it too big? Yeah, yeah I think it's too much. But And then uh, the other first party game that was uh, showed off that we didn't know about was Firewalks uh, Studios um, teaser for Concord. Now, Firewalk is a studio that was formed, I believe, in 2018 by Harold Ryan, who used to be the CEO of Bungie when Bungie was independent. And um, anyways, and he took his package, I guess, from being acquired from uh, from Microsoft and got out and went over to uh, form Firewalk Studios. He's got some Call of Duty veterans there. He's got some Bungie veterans and 343 veterans there and some other people.
0: A lot of mixed talent.
1: Yeah, a lot of mixed talent. And we've got... A trailer a small teaser of concord which looks to be a space-based
0: shooter yes, we know it's yeah. a
1: first-person shooter we know it's live service um and it's, and it's space-based we think there's well,
0: a very small teaser so very we don't small know much teaser. Yet.
1: <laughs> um you know you're in a in a spaceship and there's plants i think and or something like that in there. Yeah, and it looks
0: like there may have been some some damage in the ship. Like there's an elude with the handprint on the yeah. So there's the control a control panel there. So yeah. <laughs>
1: right. So excited for that. I I can't remember when they said that that one was coming. I think it was coming 2024. So I think it uh, there's a lot of potential in there. And again, it's another live service game. It's part of this Jim Ryan package. So it's it's interesting. Um, any other thoughts about Firewalk before we move nope. off? concord i got a call by its <laughs> name now that it has a name um all right and then spider-man 2 we got an extended look that's what closed out the show that was the one more thing um spider-man 2 we know comes out uh this fall um it was leaked that it might be uh the last week of september i don't know if that's still holding true or not but that was the original leak um and in it we met craven the hunter mm-hmm. who is obviously after uh, Spider-Man, or more accurately, I think the Venom, and um, and the other baddies that happen to inhabit yeah, New it's York,
0: after the thrill of the hunt for something worthy of yeah. his time, it seems.
1: Yeah, yeah. So uh, I'm not familiar much with Craven from the comic books. That was a later comic book for me, but um, but I I have heard stories about that kind of arc, and I think it's interesting. And we have Miles Morales joining teams with Peter Parker.
0: Yeah, I think it's I think it's. Um a nice twist scene playing miles and then venom on the peter parker side i like that
1: i I also like that we were picking up different boroughs of of new york a little bit more detailed there um so the map seems bigger we're we're not recycling the same map from the previous game so there's a little bit more they have said that we are going to explore more areas um i think there's more interior stuff happening too which is interesting too
0: seems like a whole full character list, too, in this game from all the different Spider-Mans.
1: Yeah, and the dialogue's on point so far from what we've seen. Um, I know there was some critis- uh, criticism online about uh, like the draw distance on the buildings and things like that um, popping in and out during the trailer. I think that is probably more so just the fact that this was an early build. A lot of these assets for trailers, especially something as involved as this, this was a 10-minute-long look yeah. at the game. Yeah. Um, so that would have been made and prepped quite a long time ago. Um, and at this stage of game development, things move very fast. And we go from not having draw distance and not even having characters mapped properly to, mm-hmm. you know, no costumes on. falling
0: into place, yeah.
1: To all those assets getting done and very quickly and everything popping in. So this is very much what the industry would call crunch time for the game. Now we hope nobody's crunching over at Insomniac and nobody's, you know, sleeping under desks and working 80 hour weeks. But this is that time where everything does come together and it is very important. Um, we're a couple months out. The game, if it you know, it's going to be available on disc. It's a PS five exclusive, so the game is going to be going on uh, gold, which is, means putting it on the disc. Probably if it's coming out end of September, probably mid August. So we have like six weeks yeah. of game development before Definitely they got gotta do that. And then they're going to go heavily for the day one patch and get all those bugs fixed and things like that, that you know they missed because they don't have 10 million people playing the game day one, <laughs> right? Because we're all beta testers when it comes to that kind of thing, right? And which that kind of thing is understandable. So I'm not worried about things like textures popping and things like that. Insomniac are wizards and they will do this.
0: True, very true.
1: In that short period of time, um, at the end of the PS4 generation, they released... Spider-Man Remastered, Spider-Man, Miles Morales. Mm -hmm. Um, Then they switched gears and uh, released um, Ratchet & Clank, uh, A Crack in Time, Mm -hmm. in the opening months of the PS5 generation. So I think that is absolutely cool that they're doing that. And now they're making Spider-Man 2, they're making Wolverine, and I'm assuming the Ratchet team is on to something else. Three teams under that house. What a great get for Sony to, to have that studio, I think. I think they are the studio that's proving their value right now. Any other thoughts about Spider-Man?
0: No, I think. Can't wait to play it, though. Yeah, <laughs> it, it looks it looks
1: super fun. We'll have to uh, Paper, Rock, Scissors, who gets to play that one first. All righty. So um, out of all that, you know, we were talking about a lot of studios in the last episode that uh, kind of belong there, or that we suspected belong there. You know, we kind of suspected Ben would show up with something. Yeah. They've been absent for quite some time since Days Gone. Yep. Um. We kind of suspected that maybe we would see Corey Barlog's game. He was the director of God of War 2018. He did not direct um, Ragnarok, but he was a consultant on it. Um, It's been said numerous times, Alana Pierce, who is uh, one of the writers at at, um, Santa Monica Studio, has said on her show a couple times that they are working on multiple projects. And that's really all as far as she can go with it. So she said she, you know, did a little bit of writing on Ragnarok, but then she moved over to another project because she came on board late. Um, I think that's interesting to hear that kind of thing, that um, Santa Monica Studios got a different project, and it's coming from uh, Corey Barlog. And it's more than likely not going to be a God of War project, so it's going to be interesting to see what that is. And notably, it's absent. It's been probably in development for four years or so, but it is what it is. Um, and I think the big one that's absent that we all know is coming and, or all know knew it was coming was the last of us factions, which is the multiplayer expansion that was supposed to come out with the last of us at the beginning of the generation, like three years ago. Um, it wasn't there. It should have been there. I believe
0: we thought it would be there. I believe (laughs) uh, from everything
1: that we've seen and everything that everybody said that it should have been there because it's supposed to come out this holiday. Mm -hmm. Um, what we do know about the project is it started off as just a multiplayer component of The Last of Us, and they're like, we're, we got to hold that because we want to ship the game. We've got to get the game out of time. This isn't quite ready. We're going to polish it. And then that turned into, we're going to maybe turn it into something a little bit more special than that. And I think over the line, it evolved into one of these live service games, and it didn't quite cut uh, cut the mustard. It didn't make the make the pedigree that Sony is really expecting of now. And a little bit of news from that is comes from Jason Schreier at Bloomberg. Um, according to Jason Schreier at Bloomberg, Bungie is taking a look at all live service games at PlayStation, including The Last of Us multiplayer, known as Factions, and raised serious concerns about the game's longevity, which has Naughty Dog reassessing its viability and quality. He reports that Naughty Dog has significantly scaled down uh, resources on the project as it reassesses the game, and other insiders as well uh, have reported that those that have been removed from the project have transitioned over to other projects at Naughty Dog, including a new IP
0: reportedly. Do you think there's any chance that they may scrap that project altogether? Or Do you think we'll eventually see something out of them for this?
1: Yeah. See, th- it's been in development for some time and it's quite a lot of time and resources and, and money to exactly. draw. Exactly. But if they could roll maybe what they've learned into something else.
0: Expand it into their next IP? Yeah, yeah, expand
1: it into their next thing, or you know, we get a light version of this as a mm-hmm. free to play. It might be interesting. Um, I want to read the statement from Naughty Dog that they released, I believe, as a uh, kind of a uh, reply <laughs> <laughs> of of sorts to Jason Schreier. Um, they said, "The Last of Us fans, we know many of you have been looking forward to hearing more about the Last of Us multiplayer game." We are incredibly proud of the job our studio has done thus far, and as development has continued, we realized what is best for the game is to give it more time. Our team will continue to work on the project as well as our other games in development, including a brand new single player experience. We look forward to sharing more soon. We're grateful to our fantastic community for your support. Thank you for your passion for our games. It continues to drive us.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Um, and I, I think there's some interesting things here. Bungie is obviously looking at the recipe of what makes a good live service game. I think they're a good consultant for that. Um, The thing I was kind of concerned with from the get-go with this is what does The Last of Us live service game really look like? Because Mm. live service games, as we all know, you have costumes, you have skins and character uh, loads, right? So if you want to play Fortnite, which is the live service game to end all live service games, and you want to play as John Wick or Ariana Grande, you can do that, no. right? And how do you sell that for The Last of Us? How does that market over, right? And as far as outfits go, like, what are you going to do? Get more dirtier jeans to wear? Or, you know, this ripped you, fan- yeah, flannel post-apocalypse. shirt? you're post-apocalyptic.
0: You're not supposed to. Right? I guess you could get different characters from other genres and maybe play. Do a chat. Walking
1: Dead crossover yeah, or something. I think there's maybe like that. limited aspects where that would work. Yeah. Or maybe instead of playing as as Joel from The Last of Us, that we know him from the video game, maybe you get a Pedro Pascal skin or something like that.
0: True. Maybe it'll open it up and you can play as one of the zombie characters or something yeah. as well. You don't have to play on the good side all the time. Yeah. <laughs> and, you know,
1: we're not supposed to say the Z word when it comes to The Last of Us. It's infected. Right. That's what they call I, it. I, my... Infected.
0: Yes. <laughs>
1: um, easy mistake. <laughs> they, uh, I don't think that recipe really fits well with the last of us in in the live service but i think they felt in order to get the funding from sony to do this they felt maybe they needed to justify it as such i'm just spitballing it seems to me that's what it is because you kind of can see read between the lines of what's going on here and you know who knows maybe it does come out as something maybe it gets tacked on to something else that's a long time to have one of your most premier studios tied up onto making basically nothing
0: something we haven't seen right
1: so it'll be interesting i'm excited to hear they, they said they're working on a brand new single player experience that they're looking forward to sharing more soon so i'm excited to see what that is you know this is the studio that brought us uncharted it's the studio that brought us the last of us i i rev- i love both of those game series mm-hmm. so much uncharted being my favorite one of my favorite video game series of all time the Last of Us is right there. Zelda's right there. Like it's like these things. I just hold up on a pedestal, but narratively, narrative-driven first-player games. You know, you look at Naughty Dog. They are the recipe builders. You know, they share the the, the building with Sony's um, Sony's engine development team,
0: mm-hmm.
1: right? So, you know, they they have access to these tools and, and systems a lot earlier than a lot of the other studios within Sony. So they they can come up with some really cool stuff. And then they have these amazing writers and these amazing uh people behind the scenes making the game. And uh you just you just can't shake that. So I really want to see what's coming from there. Um does Sony really need more games as a service? Do they need that to survive, or can they survive off these ten pole single player experiences that we've grown to known them for?
0: I think they need to do something. Um into the live service to keep competitive just because microsoft does have such uh dominance there um but uh i don't know what that looks like for sony because they really haven't laid out what their like future for their gaming looks like they keep toying in the VR and then there the PlayStation plus like they revamped that. So we haven't seen like a clear view of what PlayStation looks like in the future right now.
1: Yeah. And that That's a good point. Um, you know, they haven't, they haven't really made a valid effort I feel into the cloud gaming space. Mm-hmm. Um, so there's a lot of aspects to this that we need to consider. And with games as a service, um, you know, yes, they're profitable. They're hugely profitable if you can make one land, but you know, and he's, Jim Ryan's looking for his Fortnite, his Apex Legends, yes. his Destiny 2. He owns Destiny 2 now, but it's still multi-platform, yeah. right? And he's looking at recreating that, that lightning in a bottle somewhere else. And one of these studios could be the answer. Maybe it's not. I don't know. But I think if you have 10 games in development one of them hits, it pays for the rest of them. So it is worth worth the dice roll, I think, at least a try.
0: Yeah.
1: Um, do you think Sony's delayed any other games because Bungie has gone in and taken a look, you know, they're Oh, were,
0: let them see, kind of come in and review and yeah, see the, what they think on.
1: We, we knew when Sony bought Bungie, they, they said they're yeah. looking at their experience for live service games. And Bungie said, we're looking for their experience at, at being able to monotonize intellectual property. Right. Right. So, you know, we know we're looking down the barrel of a destiny TV show or something down the road. Um But what does that, this mean for the live service side of Sony is are we delaying other games or are we having other games delayed because of this?
0: Would they delay something just to make sure that it's, like, the one to hit? Maybe if they've got something that they're on the, like, they're pretty sure about, but then they want that extra...
1: Yeah, I, I think they would delay something, especially if it hasn't been publicly announced. Yeah, I think the potential for Sony to delay something um, internally so they can polish it and make it yeah. work works really good, especially live service games are really good to kind of go, here's the trailer of what it is, you can play it now. Yes, Um it
0: drops today.
1: Yeah, mm-hmm. do do these shadow drops with live service games because you don't necessarily need to build up the hype for a long period of time with them. Yeah. You just need to go, hey, here's something new, go play it. Uh, it's sp-
0: definitely possible that Sony's got some other things maybe delayed in announcing. Maybe that's also why the show wasn't as long or as big because maybe some of their pet projects are still behind the curtain for now.
1: Right, and I, and I did want to talk a bit about that too because Sony, uh, Sony hasn't had a showcase in... 18 months or so. Mm-hmm. Um, we've had a couple of the smaller direct style shows that they've done. Um, but this is their big showcase. This is what we would call their E3 show, which E3 is dead, but yeah. <laughs> their E3 show. Um, and and we're not really getting that vibe off of it. It's a bunch of known quantities mm-hmm. from their first-party studios, mostly. Um, and then a bunch of partner studios, uh, a, a significant amount of which these partner studios that showed up with third-party games a lot of them are landing on on competing systems like yeah. the Xbox and or the Switch, um, and even the ones that aren't like uh, Marathon. That's multi platform, right? That's a Sony first party game, and that's go- going to Xbox on day one. And that's going to PC on day one. Um, Haven, I believe they announced it was either Haven or Firewalk. I couldn't remember, but one of these two new studios uh, they announced their game as coming to computer day one, mm-hmm. coming to PC. So. You know, uh, they had a, this kind of a weaker showing of things that are what makes Sony special. Um, and in addition to that, Tom Henderson over at Insider Gaming was was saying before the show that he saw quite a quite a lot of exciting things. And then after the show, he said, "I didn't see everything that I've saw." saw so there. there's
0: something else,
1: right? So he he's saying or he's claiming that he's seen other things before the show aired. That was supposed to be part of the show and were somehow not part of it. Now, it could be just, oh, wait, you know, the games hit a snag, so we got to hit pause on announcing it. Or it could be Sony's stockpiling things uh, for down the road. And my my inkling is Tom Anderson's notoriously correct at these things. He has very good access at Sony. Um, I think just based off of all the things that we talked about last week that could be there or should be there. I think that there is something maybe planned, maybe a smaller direct after Spider-Man launches to go, hey, here's what's next. Here's the big game for this year. Here's what's coming next. And and of course, they will show up at the Game Awards like they seem to do every year um, and probably have some good announcements we'll in, in December, but, you know, that's six months away. So, eight months away. Jeez, Wow. Anyways, um so it's quite a bit of ways to to the that event so maybe they have something planned for after spider-man maybe we do get a a couple trickles at Keeley summer game fest coming up in a couple weeks so you never know with that um do you think it makes sense that they would do another show later this year
0: i think maybe they would especially with this one being a little bit uh shorter and with the like the report that there's more out there that people have seen that we have not seen yet um i think it's very possible maybe they're trying to split the hype get people more hyped up closer to the holiday season for something or maybe re-hyped for certain things closer to the holiday season so i think it's very possible that we'll see something else again like later later this year
1: yeah i think that adds up um you know, the other thing noticeably absent from that was a release date, a, a firm release date for Spider-Man 2. Yes. And as I said earlier, you know, it was reported that it was going to be the last week of September. They haven't said for sure. They just said coming fall 2023. Yeah. Um, September's still being summer, but that's an, an arguable point. Um, they could they could be just having that little issue of narrowing down exactly what day they want to uh, release it. They probably want to get it out of the way of things like Starfield, yeah. Um the new Call of Duty expansion. Yeah, or, they're
0: trying to pick that sweet spot you know, right they now. They want
1: they want to get that spot that is just for this game. Yeah. And and maybe that's why they haven't firmed that up and that's why they haven't firmed up what they're doing after. It could could all add up to that. Um other things that were announced at the show, uh there was some hardware announced. The new Q Lite, which is uh again it was first reported by Tom Henderson over at Insider <laughs> Gaming. And it's a handheld that is basically if you cut a dual sense controller in half and put a Nintendo Switch in the middle and then put the controllers there, right? <laughs> so you have your eight inch uh, tablet screen, yeah, right? I'm, I'm sure it's OLED or something like that, it could be a QLED that would explain the code, and then uh, and then the controller on either side of it. Now, the thing about this is it's a streaming handheld, it is not a Switch, it is not a Steam Deck, it will only stream via remote play from your PS5 over your local Wi-Fi. So you're not going down to your friend's place with this. You're not hopping on the bus with this. You're not playing it at work. Um, Well, unless you're dragging your PS5 in a router
0: It's not a a travel solution for gaming.
1: No, it it isn't. It is kind of a half step. Now, that being said, it's called Q Lite. So there could be... There could be a Q Heavy. There could be a Q something else coming down. Maybe that corresponds with the PS5 refresh that's streaming for next year. Um, so we'll see what it looks like. Um, a little disappointed that it isn't a uh, isn't a standalone handheld mm-hmm. because I think Sony's missing out. They haven't had a Vita or a PSP no. for quite some time, and I think they're missing out on that market. And Microsoft with the, that new Asus and the um, and Nintendo obviously with the Switch, who's yeah. still dominating the market by there, far now. yes. Right, they are on track to. Sell over 140 million units of the Nintendo Switch and beat the PS2 for the best-selling video game console of all time, and I think they will do that in this financial year. So that's really impressive, um, out of them. And I can't see why Sony isn't looking at this well, money that's I, on the
0: table. I know I'm not in a rush to go buy that or have that. Like I don't really feel it's going to add anything to no. like, our gaming experience right now.
1: I, th- I think in certain certain households it would make sense for sure. You've got to decide whether it makes sense to you. I could see, you know, from a practical standpoint...
0: You, you have one TV to share... One
1: TV to share. You, mm-hmm. you have a, a partner or kids or somebody yeah. that's occupying that TV. You can just grab your PS5 q Light. Yeah, there's
0: a convenience there.
1: Right? You can go hide out in your bedroom and play PS5 <laughs> Q-Lite or, or whatever it is you want to do there. Yeah. Um. But I think that's price point dependent,
0: oh, right? If very, this thing is 500 point. bucks, nobody's very paying for it.
1: And for, you know, for clarity, we're Canadians, so we're talking funny money. So $500 Canadian, <laughs> you know, 350 American would be there. I think that's way too high. I think for American, this needs to retail from 150 to 200 to make sense. So that'd be 250 to 300 for us, roughly for retail. Um, I th- If it was 250 bucks, I am strongly considering this. Okay. If it's 400 bucks, I am not considering this.
0: Yeah, I get your point. Um,
1: I, I will wait for Q Heavy or,
0: mm-hmm. you
1: know, get a get one of these PS5 Slims that might be coming out to be that solution for, you know, the second screen kind of thing if you need that. Um, yeah, I, I don't really necessarily see the point in that with it. No. Um,
0: not for ourselves here.
1: No, not for ourselves here. You have to decide if it makes sense to you. And again, it's the money. Mm-hmm. There are obviously always those PlayStation guys that will buy anything that says PlayStation on it. And I think the next thing that was announced is definitely for them. It's the PS5 earbuds, the wireless earbuds. Um, I really don't see the need for those. I guess some people enjoy earbuds better than over-the-ear headphones. Um, I have the set of the PS5 headphones. The, the 3D audio on them is amazing. Um, they're comfy. There's no boom on it, like this thing. Um, it's, it's a really nice set of headphones. Mm-hmm. And the battery life is pretty reasonable on them. The quality is, it's Sony, it's very good quality. I don't see why I need to have
0: earbuds instead. Just a personal preference thing, I think it'll okay. come down to giving options to consumers.
1: Yeah, you know, and I, again, you have to decide whether you want it or not. Yeah. I It seems to me, it feels to me like Sony's consumer electronics division is going, hey, we have these really cool headphones, and why don't we, instead of them being black with a white Sony logo, we make them white with the blue PS5 logo. And we'll sell them to you guys. That and happens. The guys yeah, over happens. at PlayStation are going, "Hey, sounds good. Let's do it. Ship it." Mm-hmm. So it could be something like that. Um, a little disappointed though that we didn't get any more hardware-related announcements. I don't yeah. really care about uh, a PS Five Slim or Pro or anything like that. That doesn't really tickle my fancy quite yet. Um, but I would like to see. You know, they just launched this Edge Controller, right? It's it's a competitor to the Xbox Elite, or it's not really a competitor. I guess it's the twin to the Xbox yeah. Elite. Yeah the cousin so it's a premium controller with interchangeable sticks and all that fun stuff but you can still only get it in
0: white yeah there's nothing customizable yet like in yeah. xbox where you can pick all your colors and make your your dream controller and it'd be nice to see playstation answer that with
1: yeah and you know this, this is something that we buy and we invest in for our seven eight years for however long the generation is yeah. and it'd be nice to have that controller be personally yours um and i know you can do that with aftermarkets and there's skins you can get or or what have you but you're not getting the the sony thing yeah right and you know it'd be nice to have the sony playstation edge controller with the sony playstation color selection that they have because they have some really cool colors maybe do some customization there things like that put your uh get your name on yeah put your playstation id on there or something like that i think that would be really cool and it's disappointing that that they're not really part of that experience yet they're also a couple years behind on on releasing such a controller i think um that being said it has, still has all the dual sense feedback things right so as the haptics it has all that stuff mm-hmm. so it is a more advanced controller than what we would see with the elite uh, even with the elite series too but it'd be nice to have more color combinations more personalization
0: yeah list right. stuff
1: yeah and you know charge a premium for it because as i said there's these playstation fanboys that will buy anything that says playstation and you know those of us that are old enough to remember the ps3 had the P- playstation tv mm-hmm. right and everybody went cuckoo for Cocoa puffs over it because it was 3d and it was like 500 bucks but it was this big it was like a i think it was a 32 inch i want to say tv yeah
0: i think it was about that size
1: right and it was 3d so the, <laughs> the one thing that was cool about that uh tv though is uh, we could play split screen 3d uh with the glasses on now that's why I'm not a big fan of 3D is because I wear glasses. Yeah. But if I have my glasses on, you had your glasses on, it's not actually split screen anymore.
0: We were seeing yeah. our own screen. Every
1: other frame is my frame and and the odd ones are your frame. So that, that would be really cool to do. Yeah. And you know, they kind of dropped the ball on that technology, but here we are. <laughs> um, and the other thing that I think they really missed out on, because they've been talking about it, they were talking about it this week before the show was the access controller. They finally gave it a name. Mm-hmm. It was Project Leonardo. It was, um, it's the controller for accessibility. So you can plug in all your peripherals to base, based off of your disability yep. into this. Um, you can custom map every button and every function. It's very similar to the Xbox accessibility controller that they've had for several years now. But it's the PlayStation version. Yep. And we don't have a price. We don't have a release date on that. We haven't
0: and heard much.
1: We haven't heard much about it. They've just finally said it. Here's the name. It's the access controller. Right? <laughs> That's it. Where's and, our
0: access? <laughs> and
1: exactly. And I think, um, you know, in this day and age, especially with the amount of effort Sony puts into their first party games with accessibility, mm-hmm. with, uh, you know, colorblindness correction and um, narration and things like that that they do, and they do a phenomenal job with that. Um, not having this controller out, I think, is... is it's time it needs to be out it just needs yeah. to, don't wait for holidays don't wait for a thing to announce it just put a price tag on it put it on the shelf as soon as you can
0: Yeah, get it on the market
1: right in in a perfect world i think sony should have just backed up and said hey guess what we're going to support this xbox thing because you know this adaptive controller from xbox is really good yeah and we we should just maybe support that until we get our own thing but you know I don't think they're talking Who's
0: got right a wish now. List now. That's not good. Exactly.
1: <laughs> exactly. They're they're still throwing things over the fence at each other. Yeah. So but, you know, as it is, it is. Um, as far as anything else goes, uh, I think maybe just a small update on what uh, the other games were that were announced at the show. Mm-hmm. Um, so not really going in any particular order here. We're going to skip over the games that were we already talked about. Mhm. Um, so Helldivers 2 I thought was notable it had a very kind of sarcastic punchy trailer I got a
0: Starship Troopers Same. vibe from that game very much <laughs> yeah
1: very much a Starship Troopers style kind of uh, yeah. humor to it it's a third person shooter um, it seems to be what everybody that's wants that, that loves Helldivers <laughs> I, I missed the boat on Helldivers 1 I, I didn't even know this game existed for some reason mm. so I'm going to probably go download that and check that out yeah. um, and see what that's like um Ghost Runner Two is uh it's a very mobility based game, Battle yeah, of it. Yeah, it seems
0: like it's very speed based. Yeah. Um yeah, fast action, a lot of uh fast moving parts, colors, lights like that. It was a very intense trailer. Yeah, <laughs> it was a very
1: intense trailer. It it actually is very similar to the marathon trailer in yep. multiple ways. Yeah, yeah. Um Yeah, I, I, I'm I have checked briefly, I've checked out Ghost Runner uh one, but I never Really got into it or anything? I just kind of checked it and was like, okay, that was neat. But then something else needed hard drive space on the on the game on the console. So oh, the Yeah. So she's like, well, you know what? That can wait for another day. We, we're going to get this other game going that I've been waiting for. And yeah, I never went back to it. But no. um, I, there's more reasons for me to go back to it now.
0: Yeah.
1: Um, Phantom Blade Zero or yes. Phantom Blade Not? I'm not quite sure because they have the zero with the the slice through it, and I. Th- think that might be intentional
0: very, yeah
1: but it's a uh it was samurai
0: samurai fight
1: first person definitely um yeah. very story driven uh thing um from the people that i've talked to that are familiar with the phantom blade series um it looks interesting to them
0: mm-hmm.
1: um and i've had a few people tell me that you know the phantom blade series isn't quite something for me so i think i'm going to leave it at that with yeah with the series so um foam stars which is Square Enix's answer to Splatoon? Very obviously, cartoony. Yeah. Let's shoot bubbles at each other. Yep. Just um,
0: goofy fun.
1: <laughs> yeah. It looks like it might be a fun party game. Um, you know, get a few people online and play it. But again, it's Square Enix, so who knows?
0: You gotta try it and see. <laughs> yeah, gotta try it and see
1: and see what it is. Uh, Square Enix has obviously been touch and go with some of their quality levels lately, um, and I kind of have trouble going, why would I want to play a Splatoon clone when I could just play Splatoon? Um So it would be kind of interesting. <laughs> uh, Plucky Squire. Now, uh, this is from, well, Devolver Digital is publishing it.
0: Cute storybook kind of looking game.
1: Yeah, yeah. It kind of gave me some Little Big Planet uh, um, vibes, maybe a little bit of, uh, what was that game that you and know, I played a lot of? It Takes Two.
0: Yes, It Takes Two.
1: Yeah. yeah. Um, it kind of gave me vibes of that, you know, a little little person big world kind of yep. thing going on yeah um very very artsy very kind of fun mm-hmm. um you were actually looking forward very much to a indie game from last yeah. uh from the show so that indie game that had that special zip i think uh i think this one is what's struck. yeah that was
0: on my wish list when we were hoping to see something uh revealed what was our wish list i wanted something cutesy like that kind of maybe to try to play yeah <laughs> yeah
1: Um, Teardown has got a console release coming up. It's coming
0: both to the PlayStation
1: and the Xbox, but uh, uh, they did a PS5 trailer there for it. Um, This is a game I keep on meaning to check out on Steam, and every time I load up Steam, I'm browsing through, and I'm like, oh, there it is, and then something else gets my attention, and away I go. And then I wind up just, it's kind of like browsing Netflix. You, you know, look at enough things, and you're just like, "Ah, I'll play this instead. And I've never picked it up, but it's definitely something that
0: oh yeah i
1: I wrote on my notes destruction me likey so (laughs) you
0: did yes that is exactly what your notes say
1: (laughs) so i think it's something that i would be interested in it kind of has um almost like a a heist vibe to it where you got to go and destroy something for some reason you're given missions i'm not quite sure the background of it and then you got to blow stuff up so that that seems really cool um when i was watching the trailer i had vibes a little bit of a game called stuntman it was on the ps2 yeah i remember and the (laughs) objective of stuntman is you had to run a course for a movie set right so you were shooting a movie scene and you had to run drive the car around and cause certain chaos you had to hit that barrel in such a way to do this in such a way and and eventually it tied all together to this greater thing and i think this this teardown kind of gives me those vibes it's kind of fun yeah um and then the one that everybody knew it was going to be there but nobody said it was going to be there except for well i was was saying it was going to be there it was was a couple podcasts that said it was going to be there for sure but there's a lot of people that just said oh that's fake because it's konami metal gear solid 3 remake and thank you to jez Corden for for that lead because he definitely uh definitely nailed it there um
0: and what a trailer for yeah such a good trailer because at
1: first i'm looking at this i'm like okay this this bird took this thing through this fence and i hear gunfire and i was getting jurassic park vibes yeah, at yeah
0: something yeah
1: right and then then it gets closer and then you just see snake's yep. face yeah and i was like
0: oh that's awesome right it was a good trailer and
1: yeah. metal gear solid 3 being i think the best of the metal gear games okay. um is especially out of the solid series you know we're talking the uh, metal gear solid one two and three mm-hmm. um it was on the ps2 it it there was a big origin story involved in this. It, it did a lot narratively and systems wise, there were so many systems with it. It was called Metal Gear Solid Three Snake Eater because you could eat a snake, right? And it was, you know, you could eat the snake, it give you nutrients, you needed nutrients and energy to survive because you're stuck out in the wilderness. But on the other end of the spectrum, these snakes carry diseases and they could, uh, and that, those diseases would cause sicknesses. So you had to counteract that with other things. And And the systems were just insane and the studio that's remaking this game is apparently they're keeping all the systems intact entirely they're not touching the code for that whatsoever they're just plopping it into a new engine or a new some new tech and shining it up making a making new graphics giving us you know things like ray tracing and stuff like that they haven't confirmed ray tracing but it, it's a game that it's takes place that, it's in the package now right it's in the jungle it's a A lot of it's at night ray tracing I think is very important for those kind of things to set that scene it's a very cinematic game Mm -hmm. and reportedly the original voice cast is being utilized they haven't said they're returning so I'm not sure if that means they're using the original voice recordings the original masters or if they're going to redo it and bring it back but either way David Hayter as Solid Snake fellow Canadian Wolverine he he was the man he, he was wolverine in, in the 1990s x-men c- cartoons um he's got that voice to him and uh and, you know you got that you got oticon you got the whole thing
0: yeah it's one of those voices that you remember yeah. one of the characters that would always stand out
1: yeah he's actually in a uh another game that is part was part of the showcase uh, of one of the vr games he does the voiceover work for it too um so that was kind of neat it was uh That game is called Synapse, if you are interested in in that. We're not going to really go deep into that um, because it was kind of quick hits, but uh, Synapse looked interesting for a VR game, um, to say the least. And then tied with this Metal Gear Solid 3 remake, we also got confirmed that they're doing Metal Gear Solid 1, 2, and 3, so we're getting Metal Gear Solid 3 twice
0: Mm -hmm.
1: um, in in the form of the Master Collection, which was a remastered collection. I think it came out in 2011. They remade, or they did a remasters of all the original ones okay. and made them playable in modern systems and it sounds like they're just releasing them again but it says master collection volume one so I think we're going to get metal gear Solid four and five finally um, out of that trap of of being stuck on the ps3 and back out into the modern generation because um, if you're labeling it as volume one there's a volume two yeah it's yep. the same logic that I apply that the Q light. If there's a Q light, there's a Q not light. So I, I, I'm excited for that. I'm excited to see new generations, including yourself, experience Metal Gear. Yeah,
0: I haven't played Metal Gear, so it'll right. be that is one that is on my wish list to get played.
1: So. Yeah, the, and the you know Hideo Kojima at his best, um, in my opinion. I, I wasn't a fan of Death Stranding, but I absolutely loved Metal Gear Solid Three and Two. I think he got a little nuts with when he did two, but <laughs> um cinematically he got nuts i think it had something like 18 hours of cinematics in that game but it was still very very good and and three was just i couldn't stop playing it and it, it was such a good time um after that they did alan wake 2.
0: yeah so the return <laughs> of alan
1: wake 2 from remedy um epic games is publishing this mm-hmm. it is again it's multi sure
0: cop horror mystery game yeah <laughs> it is
1: your yeah uh, alan wake he's a horror, he's a writer and he's yep. stuck in this in this town and you know all these things going on um alan wake was a good uh was a very good uh survival horror game you had your your camera or sorry not your camera your flashlight yep. and that's what dictated what you could see you know, that, that was really your weapon in many ways and uh and see to finally see remedy who's a very busy studio right now with a lot of work happening coming back to the alan wake franchise and doing alan wake 2 and releasing that trailer oh it was so good yeah gave me tingles down the back (laughs) when when the he was talking about what was happening in the village um one thing of note with that is the publisher has confirmed that they will not be doing a physical release so no disc version for alan wake
0: 2 digital only
1: digital only which is surprising to me um two reasons one i think it's a little too late to drop or too early sorry to drop the uh, digital only for like a triple a game yes right start doing you start doing digital only on triple a it's a little weird because you're missing out on this market in europe that is notoriously physical
0: yes
1: right especially eastern europe they're very notoriously physical only because you can hand it over to other people you can trade them right and games that, uh, there was games, I can't think of the exact title now, but when I was going over the, the sales data in, um, last month in, uh, Great Britain, and I want to say it was a FIFA game, but I'm not hundred percent sure it sold 90% digital in, in Great Britain, that game, that exact same game in Germany sold 90% physical.
0: Yeah.
1: And I was, I, I went through it twice to check to see if it was a typo and it wasn't a typo. So that, that was the confirmed data. And uh, it was either last month or the month before, I can't remember now. But um, they're kind of negating that big part of the market Mm -hmm. that wants these physical games. And Alan Wake 2 being survival horror. Yeah. Kind of also, survival horror also does much better in Eastern Europe than it does in a lot of the other places per capita. So it's a little weird that they're abandoning that market Mm -hmm. specifically. But maybe we'll see. Maybe they will do a limited run version. Maybe limited run games does a limited run Mm -hmm. version. We will see. Yeah. Um, Assassin's Creed
0: Mirage. Back to classic. It's looking, back.
1: Yeah. yeah. So, this is part of that last year Ubisoft did a Ubisoft Forward and they announced 85,000 different Assassin's Creed games. Um, not exactly <laughs> that many, but it felt like it was just one after the other Assassin's Creed games. And yeah. they're like, oh, yeah, we have a Rabbits game coming in with Mario. Yeah, yeah you might want to play that. Yeah,
0: we're uh, back to heavy emphasis on the stealth. Yeah. We're back into the medieval uh, era. Yeah, yeah, we're back
1: into, yeah, it looks like it's more more traditional Assassin's Creed. We have a returning character from Valhalla, mm-hmm. so we're extending that story and kind of keeping it canon. Um, I'm expecting less emphasis on the RPG, mm-hmm. and more emphasis on the stealth and, mm-hmm. and your tactical side yeah. of it, which is, a lot of people love that Assassin's Creed, mm-hmm. and... It, it looked they really got, good. They
0: got away from that with Valhalla a bit, and this seems to go right back. Yeah, right I, I
1: think they fell away with it more. Like, a, Well, it was a
0: different style gameplay. It was were a different style game gameplay.
1: And the way they develop them with alternating studios, we yeah. were seeing uh, it, it started kind of splitting off with um, Assassin's Creed Black Flag, yeah. and then it kind of went from yeah.
0: there. Yeah,
1: yeah. So it's, it's kind of interesting to see that come back in, in a good way. I, I'm personally, I like both Assassin's Creed, so I like both my flavors there. And I can live in a world where we get two different versions of Assassin's Creed. I think that's okay.
0: That is perfect.
1: Um, after that, oh, they, we had Dragon's Dogma 2. Yes. Um, Dragon's Dogma 1 was a fan favorite. It was a one of those cult hits. And then we had nothing forever and ever. And then finally Capcom was like, hey, guess what we're going to do? Dragon's Dogma 2. And they they announced it last year, and everybody was cheering or confused. There was yeah. no... There was no in-between. There was no people going, oh, I remember that game, but no. There was either people that remembered that game or and people we're that were like, what is this game, and there's a second one coming. <laughs> um, so, And I unfortunately, I felt it fell into the second a bit. I had heard the name of the game before, but it never meant anything to me. I couldn't tell you what type it is. And it is, it is a Japanese RPG. Um, it looks to be an action-based RPG. Okay. Um,
0: yeah.
1: And it has some very kind of Game of Thrones aspects to it, kind of feel, maybe some witcher aspects to it i felt
0: i got very much kind of like this is not the witcher It kind (laughs) of makes
1: me want to figure out a way to maybe perhaps partake in dragon's dogma one somehow or at least take a a taste of it and see if it's something that's in my my wheelhouse so that was interesting Mm. and then five nights at freddy's 2 help wanted to
0: another creepy horror survival (laughs) yeah
1: you know it's it's got the five nights at freddy kind of slapstick um uh, campy feel to it, you know. Uh, you could very much see it um, uh, get evolving into a little bit more of a of a thing with uh with the mode. There, this is I don't know how many different Five Nights of Freddy's there are, like Five Nights of Freddy's two, but all the different expansions and yeah. stuff add up are kind of all their own experiences. So th- this is interesting. It kind of looks fun. Um, I think it's something maybe we play and try out. It's got that you know kind of creepiness, but it also has the fun.
0: Play in the morning. And it also <laughs> and it has that kind of the
1: very portly, yes. campy. Yeah. yeah,
0: yeah. No, it does look like a lot of fun and definitely something to get right? into. And we
1: had just a little tiny taste of what that experience is like with this teaser. So yeah, yeah we'll we'll have to take a look or a better look at it. Yeah. Um, and then there was a couple of VR titles that were announced. Unfortunately, Half Life Alex was not one of them because Half Life will continue to mm-hmm. get, evade tease most people. That
0: edge. <laughs> right.
1: Half Life Alex is on every VR thing, I think, except for PSVR mm-hmm. two. So and you know, it's just sitting there, it's probably ready to go. But for whatever reason it's not uh the deal hasn't been made or the arrangements haven't been discussed, so we'll see. Um, but anyways, we got Resident Evil Four VR, mm-hmm. which I know a lot of people absolutely love Resident Evil Four, the remake that just came out. Um this is the VR mode for that, so it's uh, Yeah, it's I,
0: nice to see a game come on VR that'll bring um, the fans from that game over to the VR, and then the people in the VR universe already will be, like, excited to try uh main-titled game.
1: Yeah, and I think it's a um, it's a free expansion. So if you already mm-hmm. own Resident Evil 4, don't quote me on this, but I believe if you already own Resident Evil 4, you just get this mode. So if you have a PS5 uh, or PS4 VR headset, or PS VR 2 headset, Jesus, Murphy, <laughs> too many numbers here, um, a VR 2 headset sitting in your... Uh, in your closet getting ready to play something scary this is something that's out there yeah. for you or going to be coming for you and i think finally we can talk about beat saber because that was so noticeably absent from the list of of third party games coming mm-hmm. to the ps uh, vr at launch yeah um you know it was on the ps vr 1 so why can't it be on the PSVR too? I, yeah, and I,
0: it was such a silly favorite of everybody's.
1: Yeah, and yeah. it just seemed easy and logical to have it there at launch. And maybe the dev had some issues doing that or, or what have you. I can't speak to the situation. But finally but it's here. It's here now. It's here now. <laughs> um, and, and there's a Queen expansion along with it. They did Don't Stop Me Now during the trailer.
0: Okay.
1: Uh, so fans of Queen and and that can enjoy that. You so I'm excited for them. There you go. Um, what was your favorite thing of that show?
0: On the PlayStation. Yeah,
1: from the PlayStation show.
0: I'm really looking forward to um, playing through the uh, Plucky Squire. Plucky I think Squire. that'll be. Yeah, I think that'll be fun.
1: Yeah, when I saw that, I was like, "That has Amanda written all over it," and <laughs> it kind of looks fun. Um yeah. I got, I got, kind of got a couple things there that I'm really most excited about, but I think, uh, I think Metal Gear Solid Three. Oh, the remake.
0: I am definitely looking forward to, but I'm going to do the whole, I'm going to start at one and I'm looking forward to playing through that for the first time. So I'm really well, looking well, forward to that. Well, luckily
1: for you, the, the master collection <laughs> does coming. come out in in 2023. <laughs> uh, we don't have a date on the remake. I'm assuming that's, it's been rumored for a while now. And we finally s- figured out what game it was a few months ago mm-hmm. that, uh, the insiders started saying, Hey, no, it's Metal Gear Solid 3. Yep. And, uh, that, so I think maybe that might be ready for next year. It might be a holiday twenty twenty-four game. We'll see. Mm-hmm. Um, but the master collection, which has one, two, and three in it, is coming yeah. out this year. So we'll be able to finally play that on the modern system.
0: We'll I'm boot that up. That. Yeah, and even like Helldivers like gave me like such a fun vibe too that it's like I didn't play the first one, but I'm definitely looking forward to trying a bunch of these games and getting them yeah. Um, my toes in the water for different uh, genres for me too. So,
1: yep, and and tear down. No, yes, tear you know, down looks like a lot of fun. That <laughs> that had Warren game written all over it when I saw that, yeah. and I was I was like, okay, you know, I'm a big fan of Sims. I'm a big fan of uh, not these Sims of Sim games, yeah. right? And I'm a big fan of of blowing things up. So this mm-hmm. kind of marries two of those things together in a fun way, and uh, it seems exciting. So said for that mm-hmm. um moving on to more news uh, related stuff um we've got uh, microsoft has finally formed f- uh, finally filed a formal appeal against the cma um and it has to do with the cma's decision to block microsoft's acquisition of a- uh acquisition of activision blizzard king to acquisition activision
0: <laughs>
1: right Ac- acquisition of abk now i know why all the news outlets just call it abk Um, so originally the United uh, Kingdom's competition markets authority, which is the CMA, they blocked the deal because based off of fears of what could happen to the cloud gaming market is what they said. And I think those are really weird reasons to block the acquisition of ABK because what could happen in 10 years time isn't really a problem for today. Mm -hmm. Um, you know, that that's why we come up with remedies and solutions. And and legislation and things like that. We go, hey, you know what? This is how these businesses need to be run. You can't lock content behind paywalls or whatever it is. Um, and and also the other issue with that, I find, is uh, Activision's games aren't on the cloud anywhere right now. Zero, you can't you can't play Activision games on the cloud. And Microsoft is actually saying, hey, if we buy this, and they're signing legally binding deals, but if this acquisition goes through, we're going to put this game or all these games on your service competitor. And they're going around to all these competitors and signing all these deals saying, hey, it's going to be on your cloud gaming service. So they're ta- the CMA is saying this game or this deal is no good because it's no good for cloud gaming because it could hurt it. But Meanwhile, nothing of ABK is available on cloud gaming. This would only grow cloud gaming.
0: So you think they have a very good... Uh like, Stance with this appeal?
1: Like to be fair, I'm an idiot and I figured out that you know this is a problem to me. Yeah. Um, I see this glaring right there on the on this thing. It was like, well, how how do they figure this? How do they figure that this is bad because of ABK? Mm-hmm. If there's an issue with cloud gaming and Microsoft, it's bad with or without ABK because ABK has no bearing on that. Um and then the other part of it is is that they, they came up with this bonkers number of amount of people that subscribe to cloud gaming. And it took a little bit of detective work as in checking numbers twice, but it was, they used these numbers from um, Xbox Game Pass Ultimate. Okay. So they said, everybody that subscribes to Xbox Game Pass Ultimate is a cloud gaming user. And to be honest, you could potentially be a cloud gaming user because it's bundled in, but that doesn't mean we are, That's true. right? By that same logic amazon is the biggest player in cloud gaming because if you have a prime membership you have access to luna and
0: yeah who doesn't have an amazon prime every,
1: membership <laughs> like we have two amazon prime memberships in this house
0: yes yeah. right
1: we don't have two xbox subscriptions in this house so you know your numbers are skewed uh quite a bit in the in the favor and then when they calculate things the other way when they're saying how it could impact sony the numbers seem to always be in sony's favor and you know there, there could be some detective work as to why that is or what have you but they're looking very unfair unfavorable to microsoft right now and i think microsoft has a very good case because i just pointed out two things
0: mm-hmm. we've already as a layman, verif- yeah. as, a
1: layman as, as a guy that you know does not work in law or anything to do with that for a living um so you know microsoft and their lawyers that they pay way more money than i've ever seen in my life uh to, to come up with these arguments, they probably have much better arguments, right? So, and the other thing that was interesting too is it was revealed that the CMA would not consider any remedies from Microsoft. So Microsoft said, hey, what if we did this? What if we did this solution and not put these games on this service? Or we did put all these games on this other service or whatever, they they were spitballing everything back and forth and the CMA was like, no, yeah, not, not happening.
0: Not willing to work with right? and Right,
1: and like, it's like a kid that, you know, yeah. Well, you can't have that chocolate bar, but yeah, we have this chocolate bar, and the kids go, no, I don't want it. Yeah. Right? And it's kind of the same as yeah, it's not good enough for me. Right? So what do you think? Do you think this appeal works?
0: I think it should.
1: I think it should, too. <laughs> whether, whether it does or not, I think.
0: Yeah, I think it should work. <laughs> um, I
1: should I should say, from my understanding of it, there is some precedent to the court system in, in the UK overturning acquisitions uh, or acquisition uh, refusals or blocks by the CMA. They have done that a couple times before. Um, the CMA being a very young organization because as a result of Brexit, uh, when they left the EU, mm-hmm. it was the EU market authority that originally had authority over the UK. So now the CMA's been created and, and to, fill the void. to fill that void and I'm not 100% sure if they know what they're doing there yet. Um, the EU has approved this with, with some remedy, very little remedy, but it was a remedy that Microsoft had already proposed, which was, hey, what if we sign this deal with all these other people? And they were signing deals with every single cloud gaming service from NVIDIA, uh, the GeForce Now system, yeah. everybody. I think the only one missing is Amazon. And my understanding is they're under a negotiation with Amazon because uh, Microsoft provides a lot of back end components to Amazon.
0: So if this uh, appeal does get blocked then for Microsoft, do you think they'll reconsider the u k market i th-
1: I think they have to yeah. um, the u k market you know I don't have the numbers in front of me, but uh, I believe the u k market is worth something like eight hundred million or eight hundred yeah eight hundred million dollars a year to Microsoft as far as revenue. Right. this deal's worth sixty nine billion dollars. Call of duty is worth more than eight hundred million dollars
0: a year yeah.
1: And I think you just, you take that and you lose the $800 million and you figure out what other way you can go about it. Now, I don't know if they have to completely divest any interest in the UK or, uh, to make that happen or whether they can do a modified version of their cloud gaming services where these things don't appear on it. So to give other companies the advantage, mm-hmm. um, I, I I don't know what they well, would have to do. They've got to, to be do.
0: willing to work somewhere because Microsoft's not going to just say not, okay and back away and if nobody's willing to come to the table to talk to them like what are what are they going to do right
1: you know they're spending almost 70 billion it's 68.7 billion dollars to buy activision mm-hmm. um it's a three billion dollar penalty to cancel the deal right so right off the hop three billion dollars is more money than 800 billion yeah so mm-hmm. i would throw the 800 million at the door and keep the three billion in my pocket mm-hmm. so nice. i
0: i We'll have to see what happens with this appeal then. We'll have to see. And
1: and I think whatever way the judges seem to be leaning on this appeal, which is going to be a process, might um, dictate a little bit what the American FTC has to say about it. Because as of now, that's got to go to court to get stopped. Um, In in the UK, the deal has to be approved for it to go through. In uh, the US, the FTC has to sue to block the deal. Right, which is what they've done. But I don't think that gets to trial. We'll, we'll see that. You know, that's slated for later this year. I don't think that's actually going to go to trial. Um, that's about as boring video game news as I really mm-hmm. want to talk
0: about. Back to Sony, the president of Sony had some interesting news.
1: Yeah, he was talking about how, and this is Sony proper, not just PlayStation, but Sony proper. Mm-hmm. Um, they were talking about how they are looking for more areas of growth, including mer- mergers and acquisitions. Mm-hmm. And of course, this immediately fueled everybody wanting to say Sony's Square Enix. Square Enix. Right they buy Square Enix. Yep. <laughs> right. I, I'm old enough to remember when Square Enix was just Square and then Enix, and then they merged. And I was trying to lobby all the people to say, "No, it's Squeenix. It's not Square Enix. It's not Squeenix." And, and you,
0: fa- you failed in that lobby, you? I think
1: it made one uh, one um, issue of Official PlayStation Magazine before I never saw it again. So <laughs> we'll 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 have to see what happens. With that, but do you maybe think you they can
0: buy it? it now? Uh, to be honest, I don't know. Uh, they, when PlayStation was spending all that money before, and everybody was a hundred percent that they had Square Enix in the bag, like they thought that was a done deal. And then, so I don't know, like if they were at talks at that point, and maybe we do see them finally shore something up, or if it has just been. Something that somebody has said that we've all latched on to and Sony's just going, Why yeah. do we buy them when they already kind of make for us exclusively type right. Of.
1: That's kind of where my brain was with it. Now I know Square Enix, um, they shed off all their Western studios. Um Embracer bought uh Crystal Dynamics and Square Enix Montreal and Idos and all that. Um and I believe uh, I can't remember what the dollar value was for it. It seemed really low. It seemed like three hundred million dollars or mm-hmm. something. Like that um screen shut off these studios. They're saying, oh, you know, Guardians of the Galaxy and the Avengers, they didn't work. They're completely yeah. ignoring Deuce X and Tomb Raider and all the wonderful things these places have made. Um and the incredible talent out of those studios. And, and they're rather local to us, so I kind of like to yeah. see them succeed. Um but anyways, they've uh they shut off all those studios and they're like, you know, we're not doing that again. And then they the next game they release or next major game they release is forespoken Spoken for the PS5, which just went Right? It dropped like a hot turd. And uh, and I I don't know if Square Enix is really viable in that in that sense. So like obviously everything's viable to a point, but you're looking at what the leadership's done and and by the leadership, I mean the president of, of the company is still all about NFTs. Um you know, it's it's May of twenty twenty three and you're talking about NFTs still, it's a little worrying. And, and they're like, hey, you know what was a cool game a couple of years ago, Splatoon? So we're going to make a clone on it. And, uh, you know, the decisions kind of being made at Screen always seem to baffle me. They green light games like Balan Wonderworld and they they axe games like, you know, at a studios like Forspoken could have been a really good game, I think, if they gave them a bit I of I think we,
0: thought, we all thought it was going to be a much better game than it ended yeah. up being.
1: Uh, it, was, it, it came out obviously before we started our thing, but. Um, I played the demo and I felt the word I used was anemic. Mm. It needed fattening up a little bit. It needed, uh, it, it felt like it was a little thin in, in certain areas. In other areas, it was really annoying. that The bracelet doesn't shut up, right? And it had that campy uh, Joss Whedon kind of dialogue, which I know that was probably written when that was in, but um, let's try not to make it's our games with, with aged things, yeah. right? Or with things that can age, potentially, right? Just keep it traditional and normal. Um. Yeah, and and I'm with you. PlayStation's getting all they want out of Square. Enix yeah. Why, so
0: why spend the money if they've got money to go acquire some, go find some raw talent, maybe that we haven't heard of, go surprise us with something? Right. Like uh,
1: Final <laughs> Fantasy 16, which we'll talk about a bit in, the, in a recap here. But Final Fantasy 16 is exclusive to PlayStation. It's coming to PC later, but they said they're having issues um, getting it optimized on PC because of I believe uh, the the game's reliance on SSDs Um, probably amongst other things. You know, you're making it for a PlayStation 5. You have one video card to make it for. You have one. Everything's just this kind of very narrow band. And then you go turn around and make it for a PC that you can have all these different things and drivers and all these other stuff. It just messes it all up a little bit, right? So they'll probably, when it comes out, I think they said it was going to be six months or something, delayed... It might be even later than that by now. But when it does come out for it, it might just be a different set of optimizations um, for it. It might be a little bit more stricter. Anyways, um, but they're getting what they want out of them. Yep. Right? Final Fantasy sixteen is exclusive. Uh, a lot of games are coming exclusive or don't get developed for Xbox. right? And I think that's the important thing. I don't think Sony cares if Square Enix makes a game for Nintendo. Probably do not care. They just don't want it going
0: to Xbox. They don't want
1: Xbox to get that JRPG experience, the Japanese RPG experience. They don't want Xbox to have a foothold there.
0: I say unless there's some form of a control issue, which we've never heard of, between Sony and Square Enix and getting what they want, that why would they bother at this this stage?
1: Yeah, right now they're getting what they want. Mm -hmm. If if Square Enix winds up maybe in financial trouble where they are at the point of having to divest or something. Yeah. I think then Sony comes in and goes, okay, we're going to buy you so so we get what we need out of you. Mm -hmm. Um, But until then, if they're staying afloat, this is when you go around and you capture all the studios that you've been working with as partners over the years, right? Your house marks, your Insomniacs and things like that. You get them and you acquire them. You know, like they they bought Insomniac for, I think it was $250 million. And look at the profit that studio has made for them with with Ratchet and... uh, even the Resistance uh, Fall of yeah, Man yeah. back on the PS3,
0: Yeah.
1: right? And and now Spider-Man and all that. Like, the studio's just churning out amazing stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, they have all sorts of relationships across all sorts of different studios that do certain things for them. You know, like Nixie's they bought last year. All Nixie's ever did for them was PC ports. And then they went and bought them because they were like, hey, you guys have done this for us long enough. It's time to get you. Yeah. Right? So now we're not... You know, the money's not leaving the company. We just
0: want full control. Like, own your budget. And the it problem.
1: allows bringing nixies on board it allows them to cross develop these games from the beginning so mm-hmm. it's no longer okay here's god of war and it's finished and it's done here you go nixies you can develop it for the pc it is we're building this together at the same time
0: yeah it can be released much right? quicker that way, and then you
1: shorten that window up mm-hmm. i know they still want that window especially for those first party um temple games yeah they want that window of that like that six months at least where everybody's buying it on the ps5 because that's where they get the most profit and then they ship it off to other other platforms pc so yeah i think it's going to be somebody else if they buy it. and again this was the sony president not not jim ryan talking so we don't necessarily see them i think buy it um it could be you know sony maybe buys a chip manufacturer or a you know, another thing that's yeah, part of it's the more pipeline.
0: Than
1: yeah. Design. yeah, it's more of the pipeline of other things that they build the cameras and the microphones and the headsets and the, you know, that stuff, right? It gets something into there. But gaming, yeah, I maybe think.
0: Maybe they'll work on a handheld for it.
1: Maybe, maybe they will. Maybe <laughs> they'll finally get that. Uh, get that. Uh, what was it? Sony's, Sony VIO. Yep. We'll get a Sony VIO handheld PlayStation Portable mm-hmm. thing. Um,. All right, so a little bit more from Sony. Uh, the PSVR two has sold slightly better, eight percent better than the uh, PSVR one, and it's for six weeks. So it's a small window. It's basically does, the launch. Does window. that
0: mean much yet, or it,
1: it means about six hundred unit or six hundred thousand units globally? Okay. Um, I'm not, sh- you know, that eight percent more is a little bit more. Um, that's a lot more than what I thought it was going to sell based off of landed PS five rate, but you know. We, we know PS5 was, um, or sorry, PSVR 2 was expected to uh, sell about 2 million units in its first year. And we're at 600,000, you know, six weeks into its launch, or this data is from six weeks mm-hmm. into its launch. Um, maybe we get a holiday push, but without that Half-Life Alex, I think everybody that's wanted one got one. Right? You need yeah. that draw, you need that thing. It needs
0: to be supported more software-wise. It needs to have more games, yeah. and you need to have more reason to go buy one. Because right. right now, there's really, the draw's not there for the average gamer who does not really care about the virtual reality Side to really be like, oh, hey, I actually want to go try that. Like, there's really nothing that's eye catching right now, right? To draw you across that line. It, it
1: has that Horizon Call of the Wilds or, yes, Call, yeah. Call of the Mountains, Call of the Wilds is a different <laughs> game. Horizon Call of the Mountains game on it, which I think it looks really it good. It does look pretty good. Yeah. It kind of looks fun, but it's not enough for me, go, for me to yeah. go, hey, I'm going to spend 600 line. bucks yeah. on, this, yeah. on this unit and then go, you know, buy this game for mm-hmm. it, too, right? So, you need. Maybe two or three of those things in order to be like, okay, it's time to pull the trigger. Otherwise, why aren't you just using a MetaQuest or something like that if you want that VR experience? Mm-hmm. Um, so, does, does this finally make it more mainstream? Or is this console or this platform for VR uh, going to be more mainstream now?
0: If we keep seeing more support like the Resident Evil and more main games coming to VR, if we keep hearing maybe a consistent announcement of games, I think we see it more mainstream. If we keep ha- having these lull between the A titles or heck, even some of the better B titles, if there's still this lull in between them, they're never going to pick up that audience to make it mainstream.
1: Yeah, I agree. I, I think they need to have a big push for it. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, and they've done a big push with it. They just didn't have the names associated, yeah, but I think yeah. they need—I think they need IP for it. Um, Overwatch 2 has canceled its uh, player versus environment (PVE) hero mode, which was it was supposed to ship with the game, mm-hmm. and then it got delayed, so they shipped the game without it. Yeah, and now it's just canceled because it got bigger than what they expected.
0: Yeah,
1: um, I—I'm not an Overwatch player, but mm-hmm. I.
0: Do you agree on them being able to cancel something that was pre-promised?
1: Like, to, to a point, I think there's there's justification to cancel something that's gotten unwieldy, but it needs to be replaced by something. This is a paid-for game. It's not a free-to-play game. Yeah. So people went out and bought that game on the promise that it was going to deliver this. Now, P- PvE might not be the thing that they bought it for.
0: No, but we're talking kind of more broad-spectrum, too. Like, yeah. should developers have to kind of more stand to and, what they and say. I, and I think
1: the, 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 the big answer to that is yes, yeah. right? A- yes, asterisks, mm-hmm. right? Um, games like, look at Halo Infinite, right? right? Halo Infinite was supposed to have that co-op campaign, and and, and they eventually and, shipped a, a kind of a co-op campaign, but it's it's online only. It doesn't yeah. use split screen. No, and which
0: is a big... The couch co-op was a main thing for halo and yeah. people were not happy when they didn't have it in five and then promised it and then not delivered made like a lot of people unhappy again.
1: Right. And then, it, you yeah. know, to me it was a little different because it was a game pass game. Mm-hmm. Right. I was like, well, you know, okay, what are you going to do? Yeah. You're, you're getting head- your money yeah. back. Yeah. Right. It is what it is. But with overwatch two, people are spending real tangible money yeah, on that. And then they're not getting one of the modes. It needs to be replaced by another mode or something. I agree. So there needs to be an update down the road that I think is substantial for Overwatch 2 for Blizzard. To yeah, I agree with that.
0: cancelling it if they just feel that it is not going to add to the game in the way that they want it to. Like, obviously, they're not going to push something out that they feel would be subpar in any way. But I agree with you where they need to find something then to kind of fill that hole because there are people who may have really been looking forward to it or there are people going, okay, well, right, there needs to be just that little bit more to the game.
1: Right. And, uh... You know it kind of makes me think of back before we had the internet updating our games all the time um, Shigeru Miyamoto from uh, Nintendo said you know a, a game is a bad game shipped is never good but a bad game delayed could be good mm-hmm. there's potential to de- yep. for that and I think there's a lot of truth to that um, delaying a mode makes sense if if it, if it's going to be good but maybe we should have a good idea of when it's going to be good before you make that decision right and i think this kind of falls down to blizzard direction right the leadership direction at the studio and you know you have a game director in charge of these things and they need to go this is what the mode is this is what we're doing and this is what's included in it Mm -hmm. and you know you obviously are going to get uh developers go hey i have this cool game mechanic that might be interesting to it right so you're going to get things like that happening but then you got to know when to stop putting things in the pot yeah or else you know your stew's going to be nuts right so you just gotta stop. Mm-hmm. And and that's the game director's job to do that. And I believe it failed at this point in time. Yeah. Um, so you know. Sorry if to it, the
0: Overwatch 2. Yeah, it's if, really if you're a big it.
1: Overwatch two player, you know, I, I checked in on Overwatch 1, it's not my thing. But um, if you're a big Overwatch uh, two player and you were really looking forward to that, that really sucks. That yeah. really hurts. Yeah. Um, and it's a lot different from the recent Apex Legends game uh, simple player campaign that was going to incorporate a little bit of Titanfall into it um, that got canceled, but it was never really announced. It was never really confirmed. It was a
0: rumored to... toyed idea. Yeah, yeah. It, it was.
1: It was. We knew what they were working yeah. on. They said as much of what they were working on, but it was never like, "Hey, we got your money. We got mm-hmm. your pre-orders on this." Respawn was just like, "You know, it didn't work out in the way it goes." Yeah. Right. I don't see how it fit into what they're trying to make Apex Legends be. So. It made sense to, to go away, even as much as I was excited to play something Titanfall style again. So, um, And one last kind of big piece of news here is uh, the Jeff Keighley Summer Game Fest, which uh, will be on June 8th at 3 p.m. Eastern. Um, and it's kind of his E3 replacement.
0: Mm-hmm. It It's will getting run, bigger year by year.
1: It's getting bigger year by year. It will run approximately two hours and this is according to Keeley. it will be wall-to-wall video game news and he promises three to four things that are going to be big to the audience
0: mm-hmm.
1: right so basically any focus group you can pick them three or four things are going to excite you
0: yeah we're, we're holding him to that
1: yeah we're going to hold him to it uh, we live about an hour away from his parents so we could go make <laughs> that right um, the the live in person component of of summer game fest which is the media side of e3 the Mm -hmm. business side of e3 um it's taking place in la at the exact same time it'll be slightly different it'll be larger than last year and devs are getting more opportunity to speak about what they're they're talking to to the whole audience which i think is really cool
0: and now is that um, open to the public event or is that a journalist only? No, no,
1: this is, you got to have credentials to get mm-hmm. in. So whether you're a journalist or part of the game industry in some way, or you could be a retailer maybe, okay. you know, I'm sure uh, GameStop is going to have some people there, maybe Best Buy things like that, Walmart, right? They might have some people there just so they're aware of what's coming. Okay. Right. And that's how they form relationships mm-hmm. with these, especially when you have, um, you know, you, you see it a lot on, on Twitter, especially you have the media relations person from, walmart gaming for example and and they will tweet something about a game that is being announced the next day and they know it's being announced the next day but they'll just they'll tweet a clue or something right and uh they'll do those little things because they're all working together and that's Mm -hmm. how these relationships get formed um sometimes walmart gaming just accidentally tweets the entire e3 schedule out and then we find out about rage 2 you know before it gets even announced um that's only happened a couple times though. So well, yeah.
0: sometimes it's nice to give the developers the opportunity to speak on a more direct and specific level. When you yeah. open it up to the public, there's a lot of fanfare involved to keep the like to keep people happy, entertained, and right. stuff like that. When you're speaking um, to your journalists or people within your industry, you can be very specific and very um, detail oriented on like how you're delivering your information to people.
1: Exactly, and you you know E3 traditionally was close to the, uh, the public. And then at one point in time, they started opening it up to the media, or to the, the public a bit more. They were selling tickets for it. They had, it was the Booth Bay Bear, and mm-hmm. that whole thing was all going on. And it was very much Comic-Con, but for games, and games only. Um, but it still had this business component, and the business component is extremely important for yeah. the people that do it, for the journalists and for the, these media relations people and, and the purchasers of, of video games for these big retailers. And they needed to get in there and and ask these questions, ask the developers these things for their thoughts and these things. And they weren't able to really get access to them because mm-hmm. they're too busy manning the booth, talking about their new game and how amazing it is, um, and getting the public hyped up. Which and
0: there's and, nothing wrong with that, but maybe two separate, you know,
1: two separate things. Um, I think maybe if you did, you know, our our auto show is a little different like that. Mm-hmm. In in Toronto, the the auto show was open for the first uh, three days. Uh, what's your weekday so it's um it's open tuesday wednesday thursday to the media and the media come and they get to talk all, to all the vendors and all the car manufacturers about the cars get the pictures get all that stuff okay. and then on friday it opens up to the public and it's friday saturday sunday for the public and then it goes to the next week so something like that for whether it's summer game Fest or e3 2.0 or well yes. 3.0 at this point um would make sense but i i really like having in it. It would make sense, I think, in the sense that it would be a fun event. Mm-hmm. But from a business standpoint, I don't see the point of why me as a studio, if I'm a video game studio, why would I go through the expense to basically run an arcade for some yeah. arcade? I'm yep. paying to have a booth at this event, and I'm running an arcade.
0: Yeah.
1: It's kind of exaggerated with that. I think the, the best thing these places can do um, is if they want to show off the game to the public, come up with a nice vertical slice demo, load it up onto Xbox or PlayStation or whatever as a free demo, and then we can play it and see what we think about it and form our own thoughts. But demos take time away from game development. And I'd rather than polish a game and make it good, than come up with a needless demo.
0: Well, it's nice to see that. We have something right now that is kind of taken in that step.
1: Yeah, and I, I think Keeley's the man to do it. I think he's got a good focus on what he, he kind of wants as an event. Um, the people that I've heard that were there last year said it was a very kind of quaint, almost romantic setting. Like it was mm-hmm. very um, not romantic, intimate was the word intimate I was going to for, them. right? It was very quaint and intimate. intimate. Um, you could talk one on one with the devs for a longer period of time, mm-hmm. and and when you were booking your slots, things weren't near as crazy for for the journalists to get interviews and things like that. Okay. So, and you could spend a lot of time playing the game.
0: I'll we'll look forward to the news so, out of that.
1: Right, uh, I do. Very much look forward <laughs> to the news <laughs> at a Summer Game Fest. It, it's, Jeff Keighley events always have that little bit of a flavor to them. Yeah. He has a style of doing it, whether it's the Game Awards, Summer Game Fest, Opening Night Live at Gamescom. He did do E3 back when it was good. So there, there's quite a few things that he's very good at doing. Mm-hmm. And I think his connections and his ability to t- tie this together is is very good. And there's an important thing that he's doing here as well. We have, you know, Nintendo figured out a long time ago. Sony's figured out quite a while ago. You don't need to be part of these events. You don't need to be part of E3 to get that audience anymore because the audience is all online. We we all have YouTube, right? That's how we're all watching these things. Um, But you can disappear very easily in YouTube. I know that very well, right? You just disappear. You're lost in, in the algorithm. And smaller studios disappear in the algorithm and smaller publishers obviously disappear in that algorithm. So getting these smaller publishers, right? And grouping them all together and putting them in as part of Summer Game Fest, I think that, that makes them part of a slight a, uh, bigger pie. Mm-hmm. And then it's a lot harder to lose track of that slice of pie when you're looking for it. Mm-hmm. Um, very important for, the, for I think these businesses to get into that on that side of it. And again, it exposes them to journalists, right? And then journalists uh, you know write the story or talk about it on their podcast or on the show and then it makes all the, way the difference yeah. so i think that's very good um just before we got into that i kind of did want to recap a little bit about um the third party stuff that happened out of uh, uh the playstation mm-hmm. showcase yes, yeah. um and kind of what where our predictions were on that um i said final fantasy 16 was going to be coming and obviously it was there like it comes out in like a week and a half Mm-hmm. So you know it's gonna be there, right it, it showed off a very good uh story trailer kind of detailed what uh, to expect narratively from the game yeah um it was very exciting. I I've liked Final Fantasy. I've been Final Fantasy adjacent for quite some time. I've never dove head deep into the series and had to binge it Yeah um I kind of fell off a little bit after Final Fantasy 7 because that was a lot of game for me to in- intake and then I've revisited it a couple times since and I've had fun but this this being an action RPG and not turn based um tickles my fancy really quick so it gets me going uh in that aspect it had um very devil may cry god of war kind of combat to it so very fast paced kind of fun stuff um so we saw that we we talked about Foam stars already mm-hmm. um we you know street fighter 6 was there mm-hmm right and they did a little bit of a trailer for that that again that was kind of a no-brainer it comes out in a few weeks uh capcom and sony have a great relationship it's going to be there um exo primal surprised me it wasn't there exo primal supposed to come out in like a week and a half two weeks yeah we haven't heard anything and we haven't heard, heard anything from from them about that exo primal is the game that should be called dino crisis but it isn't um for whatever reason, because it looks very much like a Dino Crisis game. Yes. When it was announced, I was like, it's Dino Crisis. Dinosaurs, red girl. Dino Crisis, that's, that's Dino Crisis recipe. And they're like, no, no, it's Exoprime. It's what? <laughs> it's Exoprime. Okay. It's Dino Crisis. Mm-hmm. But um, anyways, they, uh, they, they weren't there, and I thought that was surprising because it's coming out very soon. They got a good re- uh, relationship. It is a PlayStation game. Mm-hmm. Right, very much so a game that you would associate with PlayStation. And it wasn't there. And I'm not sure what to think of that. Um, it surprised me quite a bit. Um, I said that there could possibly be a new Resident Evil, but I said more than likely Resident Evil content coming. Yeah. And we, we had, had the, the Resident VR. Evil 4 VR, which totally lines up. Um, Death Stranding 2 was not there. Mm. Um, which Death Stranding is a PlayStation IP. It is a playstation property however hideo kojima is the developer behind it right so kojima productions makes the game and he came up with it it's just sony funded it so sony owns it um really expected that to be there he was at the game awards with a a good trailer uh for it that kind of filled it in Mm -hmm. he loves making trailers he loves entertaining us but he wasn't there there. and i'm wondering does he show up at summer game fest he's probably going to be at another Keely event this year. Yep, like, he's
0: probably got something.
1: He's got something, whether he shows up at Summer Game Fest or Opening Night Live or the Game Awards this year, or uh, Keely's got that um video game concert in a, in a few weeks. Maybe there's something there. Maybe yep. there's Death Stranding new music or something, mm-hmm. right? But I was really kind of thinking that would be there. I thought Tekken 8 would likely make an appearance based off of its release window. But I was also, and I said this last time, I was also concerned that it might not be there because Street Fighter Six is the kind of fighting game they want to focus on right now. Yep. And I don't think Tekken, was made by Bandai Namco, I don't think uh, Tekken really wanted to get in that way. They yeah. want to do their own thing, and I think that'll show up at a Bandai Namco thing at Summer Game Fest. Mm-hmm. They do have a very good relationship with Summer Game Fest as well, so that being where Elden Ring was announced. Yeah. Um, and then I thought Humanity would be there just because it's a game that's coming out. It's coming straight into the PlayStation Plus yeah. uh, uh subscription package, I believe at the extra tier. So it's it's going to be at no cost to those people. And, um, I've really thought it'd be there because it comes out Friday. And it's not. It's so. surprising, but it wasn't. Maybe there's just nothing they wanted to talk about with it. Maybe they didn't want to address the PlayStation Plus setup sure. yet because I think there's going to be some tweaks coming to that. Um, so we we didn't know.
0: And again, we may get another show out of them at a later date with some of this other content yeah, th- in it. There could
1: be more stuff coming. Um, Star Wars Knights of the Old Republic remake was, you know, this was confirmed last year at their show. They did last year. They did a trailer for it. I screamed. I jumped. I was like, finally. Mm-hmm. Um, this was a big get for them and it, it's not there. But I didn't think it would be there. The game is in trouble. The game was being developed um, at one studio, and I want to say Aspire, and uh, Aspire was, they did a vertical slice, they presented it to Disney, and it was no, 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 and no. And uh, Embracer, who owns Aspire, pulled Aspire off the project and put um, Saber Interactive on the project. and. I think it's just getting rebooted right from the get-go. Now, this is nicely over a public remake, so the formula is there. You have the plot, you have the recipe, you have everything you need to do. Yeah. You just need to build the systems for it. And I think that's what troubled Aspire. Aspire's never really done, like, a, a full-fledged remake. They've done remasters before. And maybe that's where the issue was with it. Um, Saber doesn't really have a pedigree of that either, but Saber has a pedigree of making their own games. Yeah, So, let's you know, just make your own game, make it look like this, is perhaps what the the marching orders are there. I have no doubt that it comes. I just don't know when at this point. I think it's quite delayed. And then I said there is a very slight chance that Call of Duty Modern Warfare's Sledgehammer game that's coming out this year um, would be there. You know, they they said originally Call of Duty, or it was rumored originally Call of Duty would be skipping 2023. And then that was off the basis that we wouldn't be seeing a Treyarch or Sledgehammer released independent title this year but it turns out that part of Call of Duty has been or part of the Call of Duty studios have been making a story extension of Call of Duty Modern Warfare and that's been done primarily by Sledgehammer Games um, and that's supposed to be coming out this year it's completely rumored but it's also another Tom Jensen or to, sorry, not Tom Jensen, Tom Henderson leak Tom Henderson being very very good access to this kind of stuff I think what he said made sense to me that it's coming. Um, I didn't think it was going to be at the show, but I didn't know what to expect because they have this marketing deal with Sony, right? So Sony has to market the Call of Duty game when it comes out mm-hmm. or before it comes out. There's the deals, a the place to do the, the show like we just watched um, and do marketing related for it on Twitter and social medias and things like that. And usually what happens is Call of Duty does this in a tweet, they go, Here's the new game, mm-hmm. check out the trailer for Call of Duty yep. Modern Warfare 2 and then they release the trailer and then they do like a multiplayer quick look and they do a story well, quick Co- look.
0: Call of Duty sells itself. It,
1: it, it does largely. And then Sony does an event and mm-hmm. then they take all these other assets, plot them together make a big, coming this year, you know, this is what's happening. And, and that works when Sony's events are after all this is done. And usually we don't see anything out of Activision on the Call of Duty front until mid June, right? Summer Game Fest It's kind of coming up, yeah. Right. So I was I was more expecting it to be launched there, but with uh, or be announced there, but with Sony doing their show before this instead of after this, I was like, how does that work? Does that affect the marketing deal, or are they just going to do something else later to, that satisfies that agreement? Mm-hmm. So we'll have to see about that. Yeah. Um. Other things that, you know, I kind of did think we were going to be there um, to some degree was, uh, like, Ghost of I always say that name wrong, Ghost of Shish- uh, 2 has been somewhat kind of confirmed, mm-hmm. right? It's been enough time, but I think maybe it's just a little too soon, given that we were coming off the pandemic, Yeah, you know, the work from home things were happening and stuff like that. Um, so, I, it's one of those things that... It, maybe should have been there, maybe it's something that is ready to show, like there is a trailer for it or a teaser. Mm-hmm. I would honestly think you just have the PlayStation Studios logo up there, you have the Sucker Punch uh, Studios logo up there, and then you just have a silhouette and the game title, and then boom. You know, 2025, or whatever yeah. it is. Yep. And you don't even need to do a date, you know, just <laughs> coming, coming soon. Yep. And that, that would be enough to make everybody go, yeah, <laughs> right? It, like we know, we're ma- they're making it, so oh, yeah. maybe they don't need to do that kind of thing. Um, uh, I said that there is a slight chance of call, uh, sorry about sorry, not Call of Duty. I just went the wrong way. Gran Turismo, yeah, having something there with Polyphony Digital um, because we have this movie coming and we have uh, the game just came out. Well, they shipped a, an update right before the show for the mm-hmm. game. Um, there was some new stuff in it, but it's nothing major. And then. Um, they had another trailer, again, for the movie tied into the show. So we got another look at this trailer. Yeah, We got to see Orlando Zoom. We, you know, we got to see this whole thing happen. Um, it looks like a fun movie, surprisingly. Neil Blomkopf, who did, uh, what was it, District 9? Yeah. And he did some of those Halo shorts, um, like the ODST commercial and things like that. He did some of that stuff. And he's got a really kind of cool eye for certain things and i think uh this might be a fun thing to do and uh, we got david harbour right so it looks like a good uh a good entertaining movie <laughs> right and i was kind of going hey why isn't this there yeah right? but you know th- i think maybe when the movie comes out there might be a content pack probably or oh yeah they'll probably right? launch something
0: to go along with it or you know maybe they'll just take the extra revenue from the movie and Keep working on their next game yeah yeah
1: and i i think, I think that kind of sums it up other than that ben studio didn't really have anything kind of surprising. yeah me. um it it's time out of them but they've gone through a couple of reworks in, internally since uh, Yeah, they may not be ready th- they might not be ready they might have had to completely scrap the project maybe mm-hmm. one of their projects was one of these live service games that's true and bungie said no way or whatever it is i don't fully yeah. understand how it works but Maybe there was something there that they wanted to show and it just wasn't ready yet. So those were basically all the predictions on there. So uh yeah. games. They're cool. <laughs> what have you been playing?
0: Um recently just uh mostly been doing the construction simulator.
1: Yeah, construction simulator. After <laughs> my heart playing yeah. SIM games.
0: Um, I've been enjoying it. It's one of those you can just kinda turn it on, play, you don't have to grind, you don't have to think, you can just go so Good. I'd like to see a couple improvements on the game it's not always the smoothest especially when you do the multiplayer when you get in there building with me yeah we run into a couple issues there yeah, there's some
1: there's definitely some server jank
0: definitely the camera yeah the camera please is... please the next one fix yeah. your camera <laughs> but yeah no the construction simulator has kind of been my peaceful playing I guess I've been in that mode lately because before that we were Going through the Far Cry. And yeah, we
1: were, we were Far Cry heavy for a while. And uh, and that was we, fun
0: to play through that again. Yeah,
1: mm-hmm. We like playing games together a lot, so we'll play, even if it's a horrible game, sometimes we'll play it together. Yeah. Because yeah. it's something that's fun to do. And uh, and Far Cry is awesome to play together yeah. because the story matters a little less. The fact that it's repetitive and climbing towers or whatever you're doing is, you know, that, that yeah. matters less because storming these bases and things like that together that's that's what's fun and you get to do that over and over again yeah but
0: then you switched on me because the brand new zelda game came out so i had to find something that i could do on my own (laughs) which brings me to
1: what i've been playing tears of the kingdom um i have at the beginning of this week so the game's been the game's been out for just over a week yeah at the beginning of this week It, it came out on the 12th the beginning of this week it would have been out for one week and three days when i checked this Yep. I had 85 hours in on the game. And I have done not much but play it completely every day since. Yeah. So I am well into 100 hours into into Tears of the Kingdom. Mm-hmm. I have accomplished not much <laughs> in Tears of the Kingdom. <laughs> um, I have done the Wind Temple. I found the Fire Temple and got scared of that because that was hot and I didn't have the resources to deal with all my weapons burning immediately and things like that so that was great i'm playing it and i'm wondering why is the back of link on fire and i realize i'm inside of a volcano and he's got a wooden bow so of course it's on fire right but then as as soon as i realized that i hit the button to pull up the the weapon wheel so i can get rid of that or the weapon selection so i can get rid of the the wooden bow and put a metal one in it it was gone it poofed um so we uh So I had to leave that and I started just kind of poking around and I started going after these geoglyphs, which are um, shapes in in the grass and they're all over the place. So I started going after them. Um, And the only reason why I started going after them is I was just kind of flying through the mountains. Like I I did the the Skyview Tower Mm -hmm. thing and I was coming down from above and I landed beside this really cool looking spot and Impa was there and she gave me a quest to go find all these geoglyphs. So I was like, okay, let's go do that. So I did that for a bit and found some spots I need to go back to Breath of the Wild and see if they were there because <laughs> I'm like, I had no reason to go there in Breath of the Wild. I remember not going there in Breath of the Wild, but I had a reason to go here now. And I kind of want to see what was there in Breath of the Wild, right? See how much the world changed, that kind of stuff. Um, I've been Obviously, I've, I've done the Fire Temple. I've discovered the deaths. So I've found a lot of the, the fact that there's a complete underground world in yeah. there. Um, pretty cool. I'm trying to do this as spoiler-free as possible so I don't talk about, like, the important things in the game, just more about the game mechanics because I don't want to spoil it for everyone. You know, it's only been out for, well, by the time this podcast is out, it's been out for two weeks. So don't want to spoil that, mm-hmm. right? Maybe in a year I'll, I'll be brave enough to spoil some of this You'll stuff.
0: a whole big there. review.
1: But it's, it's so fun building these gizmos, these gadgets, the, the Banjo-Kazooie nuts and bolts-style stuff. Yeah. And then I, I build this thing, I'm all proud of it, and it works, and it does neat stuff. And then I'm flipping through Facebook, and I see somebody posts a, a reel of them building, like, a cow washing machine, or <laughs> this cool automated drone that's just blasting cannons uh-huh. everywhere. And it's like, okay, so my little horse and buggy thing that I built.
0: You need to be more inventive.
1: Right? Like, Jeez.
0: At least the mechanics are there for you to yeah, do all. Yeah, and,
1: that. and that's what I love about it is because of the physics base thing. I can I can go full Looney Tunes. I mm-hmm. can make you know I can drop a rock using the rewind onto a board that's being held up by another rock with me on the other end of it and launch myself mm-hmm. to the moon or whatever. Right, like you can do things like that in this game, and that that's really cool, right? That is that's so fun, and I'm a huge Zelda fan of. And I've really enjoyed this game so much, and it's there. Um, for some reason, Zelda. T- uh, here's here's one little minor spoiler. If you go to your village, hey, Tano village, where you lived, where you built your house in, in Breath of the Wild, your house is still there, but Zelda lived in it. So all your stuff ain't there. You don't. You can't. You can sleep there, but you don't have anywhere to hide your things, or whatever. Right. So your house is not there, and you, there's a whole new house in another spot on the map that you can buy eventually after doing quests it's like thanks I it would did have been all...
0: cool if you could keep your old house you right. go back to it
1: i chopped all that wood and spent <laughs> thousands of rupees to get this house and now i have to do that again but um yeah it was you know there, there's some kind of fun things there really cool things to explore um the characters are, are as amazing as ever the dialogue i think is much better um graphically a lot of people are saying it's the same it's actually improved quite a bit there's i've noticed a lot of the shaders and stuff are a lot more refined um they're definitely taking advantage of every single little bit that the switch can give it yeah um it doesn't run rough it runs smooth i, I know it's probably targeting 20 or 30 frames a second if it's lucky but it's still a very smooth game it hasn't crashed on me it's got minimal bugs there's a couple of glitches in it, which we were going to talk about as part of the news, um, I decided to move it over here. And, you know, my, my tagline in the news part of it was uh, Nintendo is going to stop you from cheating in Zelda. It's <laughs> basically what it is. They, they're coming for you. Um, and that's because uh, today as this podcast is being recorded they've announced, uh, or they've released a patch, and that patch gets rid of the duplication glitch mm-hmm. that was in the game. So if you do l- utilize that duplication glitch, um. don't update the game past the version that you already have. Just keep on playing it. Don't shut it down. Just keep playing that. Don't let it update. Um. Get yourself a bunch of diamonds. Get yourself like 50 diamonds or whatever you need. Sell it and go. Um, I did the duplication thing one to see that it worked. And then I did it another time to get myself because I ran out of bombs and I was in a cave and I didn't want to have to go get more bombs. So I was like, I got one bomb I'll just dupe like ten bombs and get myself through the rest of this cave so I didn't have to go back and restart yeah. the whole thing right so I just in that I've, you can't buy bombs they throw on flowers in the wall yeah so like what am I gonna do right I could've had better weapons I guess but they all burned in the, <laughs> in the volcano so. but Zelda good as ever and like I say by now I'm probably 120 hours into it looking
0: forward to the next 120
1: oh for sure <laughs> for sure it's already my most played game on my switch yeah. and I've had it for a week um I've had the, you know I got the new Zelda switch I got everything moved over to it and oh well, <laughs> it's it's such an experience sitting there playing it all together it's so great I really enjoy that so uh I think that's about it for for us
0: that's it well,
1: anything you're looking forward to playing this week
0: I am looking forward to playing um breath of the wild because I would like to. See what all the hype, the Zelda hype is well, about. we got
1: my my old Switch, and we got Breath of the Wild. Is yep. uh, I bought that physically, so you can play that wherever you yep. want. There, so I think that might be doable. I, I of course am going to bury my face right into more Breath of, or more Tears of the mm-hmm. Kingdom. Um, I think maybe I might deviate from that and check see what's new on on any of the services. Um, I've ha- I've had this Fallout itch for <laughs> a got while it. that I need scratch. So I might have to go back to a Fallout for even just a day or something to go lark around in there. It might be fun. Uh, I've missed uh, the Capital Wasteland quite a bit, mm-hmm. so I would like to go back. Um, actually, the uh, f- uh, they're doing the game thing on on Epic Games, the okay. Epic Games Store mega sale, and part of that they're giving away really cool games um, every week. And this week's game is Fallout New Vegas Ultimate Edition. So go grab that, pick that up. At, on the epic game store on your pc even if you don't want to play it like just grab it so you have it later maybe mm-hmm. right you never know yep. what might come up down the road i know it's the epic game store yeah you can you can make exceptions for free games i'm sure most people do uh anything else you want to touch no. on no mm-hmm. so we will be live again uh recording this coming friday uh, so that's a week from now um that's the first week of
0: june next oh week my, right yes so-
1: Will be exciting. Talk about that um, this week, as far as news that I can see coming up. Um, that case from Microsoft and CMA, I believe that's going to go through some preliminary hearings on Monday or Tuesday. Okay. Um, so we might get a bit of a recap from that. But other than that, I really don't know of anything big that's going to be uh Going newsworthy. to be noseworthy, newsworthy um off the tip of my tongue i can't think of anything
0: We we'll just have a, a zelda update then <laughs> well,
1: yeah we'll have a zelda update um i'm sure as always there will always be news happening it's just where is it coming from i don't honestly know it's not like we have a big event this week coming up so we do have uh some games coming out and mm-hmm. things like that so there'll be a lot to talk about next week for sure Alrighty. so with that in mind thank you very much for joining us Um, You can get more from us at Ameren Studios on Twitter, A M A R R E N. On Twitter, um, you can find us on Facebook at Ameren Studios there as well. And uh, you can follow us on all these uh, awesome podcast services. So we're on iHeartRadio, we're on um, Apple Podcasts, Amazon Podcasts, uh, Spotify, Google Podcasts, everywhere that you can get your pods, we are there, Okay. So if you want to join us there uh, next week, we'll be live here on YouTube as well. So that'll be a fun and exciting experience for everybody. All right. Thank you. And you have yourselves an excellent, excellent weekend. Long weekend for any Americans listening to this as well. So thank you.